Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Willpower. This is an episode that I did with a man named Trevor Stoiko, and Trevor is actually Uncle Gus from 99.3 FM, The Goat. And um, Uncle Gus came on the show to share his uh, share his story going through mental health and battling with that. And in this, you're going to get some really good insights as to what it's like going through mental health. And, you know, my outcome for you here is to get some of those insights and also feel hopeful at the end and uh, feel uplifted. Some of the things that we're going to that we talk about in this episode are pretty in-depth and um, can be quite graphic. Um, But my outcome for you here again is to feel uplifted at the end, knowing that, you know, even if you're struggling with something, even if it's not mental health, it can be anything. There's always hope and uh, you're stronger than you even know. So at the end of this, I just, I want you to feel uplifted knowing that there's always hope. And um, I'm really thankful to Uncle Gus for coming on the show and sharing his story and being so honest about it and open and really just out there to uh, impact people and inspire people and let people know that there's always hope. And without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Here we go. This week's episode with Uncle Gus. All right, Gus, thanks for coming on the show. (laughs) This is awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got a radio host here. This is so cool. Um, Gus, so about... What was it? It was about three weeks ago now, three, four weeks ago, I came on to the morning show. Yeah. And uh, first off, I just have to say thank you for doing that. Thank you for being here. It's really a pleasure. You're always, always welcome on the show. Awesome. It's your radio, man. It's your radio station. (laughs) Thank you very much. You bet. So, um, when we were when we were chatting there, you mm-hmm. had mentioned to me that you had struggled with uh, with mental health, and mm-hmm. um, there were some things that you really overcame, and you really got to a point now with where you're you know you're doing your your radio show, mm-hmm. and you're at a point where I can see that you're really making an impact, and people love what you do. Well, thank you. Yeah, so I thought we might start off by um, you sharing a little bit about yourself and about the you know how you yeah. got to the point where you're at now. Absolutely. Uh, I started out in Saskatchewan. I was born in Saskatchewan. Uh, born and raised, and uh, it was either going into teaching or going into broadcasting. And I decided that uh, I wanted to be a sportscaster. I was a big, big fan of Ed Whalen, who used to be on Stampede Wrestling. I wanted to be Ed Whalen, and he also you I, wanted to be a wrestler. I, oh, I, I was a wrestler. I was a pro wrestler for about fifteen years. Holy shit! Yeah, that's was, cool. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, known as the Pierogi Prince and Squiggy <laughs> Magoo. Never won a match. I yeah. never won a match. But uh, 15 years of wrestling, refereeing, being a manager, and and so on. And I wrestled uh, Nikolai Volkov. I ne- wrestled Iron Sheik. Who else is there? Bret Hart, uh, Nightheart, Jim the Anvil, Nightheart. Uh, one of my biggest matches was with uh, Davy Boy Smith and his boy Harry Smith. He beat the crap out of me. I remember that. Uh, that Holy was, cow. Oh yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I got a chance to meet a lot of really cool people and uh, people. A lot of people suffer when it comes to mental illness in wrestling. We can get into that another time. Oh yeah, but it was it was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I got into uh, radio when I was uh, eighteen, nineteen. Did overnights in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Started out there playing Tammy Wynette and all that other crap and. Uh, you know, and worked my way there, and I uh, went from gig to gig. Had had a mic, will travel, mm-hmm. and in doing so, went to Dauphin, went to Winnipeg for a while, spent uh, 12 years in Regina, went to Calgary, Edmonton. You know, had opportunities in Vancouver and uh, in the Maritimes. This radio gig takes you all over. Yeah, you know, cool. I've, been, I've been fired by some of the best. You know, you're not a radio guy until you get fired half a dozen times. So yeah, it's, I've done that. Pro wrestle like this allowed me like through radio allowed me to pro wrestle, yeah. uh, and then also allowed me to tour with uh, a monster truck company, 
I got to tour doing motorsport shows, you know, with the monster trucks, with Bigfoot, with Gravedigger, announcing them in front of, uh, you know, there's uh, 16, 17,000 in Edmonton and 20 some thousand in Boston. There was, uh, we do, oh God, we did Boston, we did New York, we did, uh, God, all down south where, oh man, we did, there were 63, there were 63,000 people in the Sky Dome. And I used to do a dance. I, I didn't know much about trucks, but I knew how to entertain because sta- I do stand-up. And uh, I did about 63,000 people at uh, the Sky Dome. 63,000? 63,000 watching me and on the Sky Dome. I remember uh, what we do is I did, I did this Elaine Bennis dance. And if you know who, who Elaine Bennis is from Seinfeld, she does this god-awful dance, and I followed her. Yeah. And the kids were loving it. There's nothing better on the planet Earth than watching kids laugh and dance the same as you are yeah. and looking for a T-shirt. And I'll never forget the guy who was following me with the camera. He says, look up. There's your ass on the uh, jumbotron, and here's my fat ass on the jumbotron. It was the funniest thing in the world. So yeah, it's it's allowed me to do some gigs, and also it's allowed me to do things that, you know, a normal guy from Melville, Saskatchewan, would never get a chance to do, you know. And now through layoffs and everything else, uh, I'm here, and I'm happier in hell to be in Castlegar because it's gorgeous. It's the best kept secret in Canada. This wow. is this oh by far it's the best, uh, one of the best places. But it's also given me a chance. Uh, once I discovered that uh, there is something wrong with me, because for years it, I was always known as uh, that kid. There's something wrong with that kid. He's a little off, and I never knew what it was. You know, I would sometimes it'd be a case of why? Why is everybody picking on me? Why is everybody doing this? Why is everybody looking at me? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and and that kind of stuff. And nobody knew about mental health, and nobody knew about mental illness, and even uh, attention deficit disorder, which I have too. You know, my ex-wife's parents said that you got ADHD. And I said, I thought, AIDS? I don't got AIDS. No, ADHD, <laughs> you moron. And uh, I said, I had no idea what that was. And uh, from there, it just it, it ballooned and it made sense. The ADD, you know, tied in with the mental illness, with uh, depression and everything else. Yeah, It was interesting. It was pretty cool. Wow. Um, so during all that time when you were kind of in the limelight, with the mm-hmm. line of work that you do, uh, did you like? Were you, did you know that you were struggling with that before? Oh, didn't have a clue. I would medicate with booze, medicate big time with booze. So There's, this is something that you weren't aware of. I had no idea, dude. I had, we had back then nobody talked about it. You know, I'm, we're talking about 30 years ago in my 20s. Like uh, we we actually talked about it this morning with my boss, uh, Mike Johnstone. We we talked about uh, you know mental illness and all that kind of stuff. Where mm-hmm. you, didn't, you didn't know what it was, and you medicated by going out and getting hammered. You know, nobody did drugs back home. Uh, all I did was booze, 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 booze. There's a lot of times I wake up and look into my uh, driveway. So don't the, thank God the car's there. And, and uh, when you're in the limelight, when you're when you're a radio guy, everybody wants to drink with the radio guy. And with my attitude being an idiot on the air, people wanted to hang out with you and, and yeah. that kind of stuff. And you got to watch because they take advantage of you too. Right. It's something else. Maybe you can. Maybe you found this. But did you ever find that people always thought that you were okay because you were that guy? In the oh, limelight? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It's like always oh, just acting up or whatever the case was, and it never was. It was. There's a lot of times where I, you know they would tell me I did something and I didn't pick up on it. It was like there was a gap between. Uh, my ear and my brain it's like well, what are you talking about i never did that or you know i don't understand what you mean and that kind of stuff yeah and uh you know being non-medicated it just got worse and worse and worse where you know all of a sudden 
you know, somebody leave your girl leaves you or, you know, your relationship dies or, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, it's like a death in the family when you lose your gig. And now you're going, OK, I'm out in Nova Scotia. Now what do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it was one of those things. So, uh, yeah, when you're not medicated and when you don't know what the hell your problem is, it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary. I remember waking up in in uh, what the hell was I, I think in in Kelowna one day in, in a in a two bit hotel. And uh, guys do snorting drugs in the other room, and there was like, someone who was murdered, uh, you know, down the block. It was like, well, where am I, and what am I doing? And uh, it was, it's, it's. There's been, you know, it's not all glamour, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's not all glamour, this radio thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and neither is mental illness. Yeah. But, Thank you for uh, your honesty with oh, that. Oh, I'll gladly tell you. What do you want to know? I'll tell you everything. So when you realize, what changed for you? What changed? Well, basically, what happened was. Um, I'll go back about, uh, say, six, seven, eight years ago, okay? Um, you know, I was I was struggling and that kind of stuff, and then all of a sudden you realize that, you know, something's got to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, something's something, something has to hit and something's got to, you know, do something because it's just not right. Something's just not right. Mm-hmm. And, just, and you're getting tired of the continual not knowing what's going on, why are you feeling mm-hmm. the way you are, why are you feeling depressed, and, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And about uh, eight years ago, yeah, about eight years ago, I'd say, uh, I finally decided to go see a doctor and go see a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and uh, go see a counselor. So what I did was I um, went to go see this person, and, um, and we got talking and uh, compared notes and everything else like that. And she, they, they diagnosed me doing all the tests and a thousand tests and uh, your history. And, you know, basically it came up with... After you know spending really good, a good amount of time with the psychiatrist and a few psychiatrists, they said, "Well, you uh, are clinically depressed, uh, uh, bipolar, and the ADHD was there." Mm-hmm. But uh, and I just went, "Wow, okay, I've never been diagnosed before like that." So and I can see where you're coming from. And they explained and went through more and more sessions. And I said, "You know what? You're right." Mm-hmm. You know, finally, you just instead of denying it for decades, you just said, "You know what? You're right." And when I did. When I said, "Yeah, I got this. Maybe I want to help somebody," because that's that's who I am. Is mm-hmm. uh, I was I was brought up the right way. My parents, God bless them, brought me up the right way, and um, so I wanted to help people. I got on Facebook and said, "You know what? I am diagnosed with. I'm, I'm severe depressed. Uh, I, I suffer from bipolar. You know, I'm taking medication, and I want to help out whoever I can." Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget this. And when uh, when I brought that up, the people at Bell Media. And I'm not scared to say Bell Media because it makes me sick to my stomach. Uh, that they, the hypocrites that they are. Yeah, I went on and I said, I'm suffering. You know, I, I got doctor's notes and say, I got this. And they said, my boss said, take that down and take that down immediately. People will think you're crazy. I said, well, technically I am. Medically I am. I've got letters and things to show it. And I said, and this happened in December when you're going through depression because you have Christmas coming up and everything else. Mom was still alive at the time. And I said, isn't this, aren't we celebrating Let's Talk Day in about a month? Yeah, no, but still, you don't want people to think you're crazy. I said, dude, <laughs> I am crazy. I'm a nut. I, I'm, I, I've got letters and things from the psychiatrist proving that I'm a nut. But why would you want to, you know, do what you're doing, making me take this down? I said, okay, I'll take it down to keep a job because mm-hmm. I need it at Christmas. And uh, so I did, but I had about 40, 50 private messages saying, you know, how brave you are to mention that. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I said, I'm not brave. I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. You know, bravery, I'm just telling you like it is. And in, in the 40 or 50 people that I said that this is what's happening uh, gave me the idea. And I, I woke up the next day and the name and this hit me in the head was not alone anymore. The, the three words, not alone anymore, kept yes. hitting me in the yeah. head. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to form a Facebook group. And lo and behold, I put together this Facebook group, you know, and a buddy of mine in, uh, in Melville, where I'm from, he suffered. And there was doctors, lawyers, there was uh, secretaries, people just I, that I knew and didn't know that were messaging me saying that, yeah, I suffer too. It's like uh, people that I've known for, like I curled with for 30 years. Mm-hmm. I didn't no idea that you were suffering. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. He says, yeah, I've suffered this, that, and the other thing. My brother did, my mom, my grandfather killed himself. And it's like, holy crap. So after this was done, so I, I put this Facebook group up. They said, take it down. I said, I'm not taking it down. So they fired me. So after I was fired in Christmas time, yeehaw, I got this Facebook group and I had no job. But it was, you know, I ended up getting a gig afterwards and, and so on. But uh, it was amazing that all of a sudden more and more people jumped on board this Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really didn't hit home until the second week where people would, you know, say thank you for this group. And, uh, you know, I suffer too and blah, 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 blah. And then people open themselves up uh, saying because they, were, they didn't feel alone. They didn't have to hide their story anymore. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to hide behind their shadow saying that, you know, I suffer this and that because there are other people that did that. And once you realize that other people, you're not alone in this, that there are 25 to 30% of Canada, the population of Canadians are suffering from mental illness of one type or the other, you realize that your, your story is there and it's not as bad or maybe it could be worse or not as bad as the other person. Mm. And when you realize that, people are opened up to talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember the second week we were in, and I realized that this has made a difference because the lady says, you know what, I was going to call her quits. I had three kids. I said, you know, I was going to say goodbye to the kids, goodbye to my ex. I'm going to go drive into, a, into, the, into the garage and call it quits. You know, had all the things blocked and, and turn the car on and fall asleep and wake up in heaven. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, I read some of the stories and I realized that I, I, can, I should keep going on. And that inspires you. And then ever since then, you know, we've lost a few uh, people. I've lost a really good friend of mine who used to contribute daily to the to the Facebook page, not alone anymore. Uh, He, uh, you know, got to a point where he just couldn't handle it anymore. You know, he uh, he he would, you know, these daily affirmations he would put in and, you know, keep going, keep going. And then all of a sudden they went away for three months or three weeks. Couldn't find him. Then I'm at work one day and they said, do you remember uh, Brad Maurer? And I went, oh, my dear Lord. And sure enough. And, you know, and him and I, we played pool together. We, sh- we played ball together. It's my hometown in my area. And one of the nicest gentlemen you'll know. You see, and that's the thing. You know, it's a case of listening and being there. And there's nothing you could have done. There's nothing I could have done or anybody else to save that man. He was bound and determined. He was suffering, and that was the only way out. Mm-hmm. It's really, um, to me, it's just so, uh, it's unfortunate and it's really sad that when, you know, somebody can get to a place where they think that, um, that dying would be less painful than living. Well, it, it's a case, if you don't mind me saying, it, it, nobody wants to die. Nobody wants to kill themselves. No one really nobody does. Wants, no, nobody does. But it's the people, and I say he's one of the bravest people that are on the planet Earth because he went through it. Not saying you should go through it to improve your bravery. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, it's like when I go into a room, okay, I'll go into a room and I shut the door, okay, and it's pitch black. It's pitch black. And I want, I want, I want out of that door, okay? All of a sudden, the handle's not there. The door's not there. There's no door. You're in a room full of darkness. You're in a room full of darkness, and you're con- no matter where you hit, 
you know, if I hit the wall, all of a sudden there's more weight. All of a sudden a weight goes on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you, you bang into another door. It mm-hmm. feels heavier. And if mm-hmm. I bang into another wall, oh, God, it's feeling heavy, 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 heavy. Mm-hmm. This continues on a daily basis. I'm a month in there. I'm two months. I'm three months. I'm a year. I'm two years. I'm five years in this hole, in this room. You want to get out. And the only way out is there's a door that creaks open saying, listen, you can come out, but you're not getting back in and you're not going to have life. And that's what it is. That you cut. It's it's an end to the pain. Yes. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's a it is. But, but it's a it's a instant. It's an instant uh, resolution to the pain. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. I know. And you know, thank God, I suck at dying. I've tried it four times. I suck at it. But there are people that are brave enough to say, "Bang!" They went through it, and we think about them, and they're fine. You know mm-hmm. what? And whoever's listening to this, and you're thinking, "Well, because my." friend my girlfriend my brother my sister my dad my grandfather committed suicide they're in hell that's bullshit okay i want you to let you know that's all bullshit they're okay they're in heaven we go to heaven okay i don't want to get all religious on you but they're fine i got a friend of mine who's who's um who's a medium who's a very 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 good medium and i asked one person because it really bothered me my 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 faith and my believing and how i was brought up saying, this person's in hell. Mm-hmm. She said, no, no. He's with you right now. He's saying, he's smiling at you. While I was talking to her, he came through and said, I'm okay. I'm sorry for what I did, but I had no other option. It got to that point. And I said, I don't need to forgive you. You are the bravest person I know. And that's exactly what happened with that situation. So mm-hmm. let that be. If you're, if you're wondering, well, what could I have done? There's nothing you could have done. Mm-hmm. You know, like you hear so many stories of where, you know, he seems so happy in the morning, and all of a sudden he's gone in the, in the afternoon. Well, you know what? He was planning on going. He said goodbye. You couldn't, there's nothing you could have said or done or prevented that person who was bound and determined to end his suffering. Mm-hmm. They, they were bound and determined to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing when after something like that happens, people end up beating themselves up and it's like, what could I have done? What should I have mm-hmm. done? It's like, don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself you up. You can't because they made the decision and now they're gone. Exactly. You can't, you can't change that. It's just like, it, it, it's, it, what we have is a disease. It's like cancer, it's diabetes, it's like heart failure or heart disease or anything else like that. It's like, geez, I wish I would have never gave him cancer. I wish I could have done, took away that tumor. Well, you can't. And it's just like if you're trying to help. You know, we appreciate the help. But we, by telling me, you know, what, I, what drives me nuts is saying, well, just be happy. Just smile. Just forget you did that. You know how that many, doesn't work. You know how many it, program directors said that to me? I've had so many people, bosses, say, well, just get happy. Well, you know what? I can't. I cannot just get happy. It's just like going, well, you know that person with cancer? Just get rid of that tumor. Laugh that tumor off. You can't. You just can't. It's impossible. So when you're in that, that, um, that room of darkness, we'll use that as a metaphor, mm-hmm. when you're in that, my belief is that there is a way out and that there is light somewhere, and we all have the ability to find that light. Mm-hmm. So from your experience and with talking to so many people and going through your own experiences, how can somebody get to the point where they're stuck in that darkness and find the door and open that door? Well, what you got to do is you got to talk to people. You, you, you can't just keep it inside. You can't, we got uh, all, all males got this ego. I said, you got to, <laughs> yeah. you got to shove it, you know, you shove the male ego up your ass and just go, listen, we got to talk and just listen. The person on the other end has got to listen. When I, one thing I learned in my situation, I was, um, I just lost my mom. I just lost my mom on July, and I was bound and determined. I was bound and determined to blow my head off. 
I had my gun ready to go. I should have. I was telling everybody. I was telling my counselor and telling my uh, my uh, my uh, psychiatrist. I said, yeah, I'm doing it on December, December 25th is Christmas, because at the time I hated Christmas. I hated everything. It was going to be my first Christmas without my mom, and lo and behold, bada bing, bada boom, and I was going to do it in. But then I got the medication, got the right medication, and everything else. Right. Sometimes that doesn't work sometimes. So I'm at a radio station. I'm working at a station that I'm number one. My morning show is like through the roof. I don't mean to sound conceited, but my numbers were huge in every demographic. It was just, they liked my stuff, right? Yeah. But the company needed to get rid of a, of a, of a wage. Well, guess who they're going to get rid of? And uh, it was just after Christmas when, um, when I uh, got back and I uh, did my show. And they called me back to the station and they said, I have to let you go because, you know, nobody likes you here. And that was their excuse. Bell Media, not surprising. Oh, that was Bell Media yeah, because of the... Yeah, yeah it, was, you it, was, it was a different company. Public, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was just making it public. And so I said, oh, all right, fair enough. And then when they said it, I said, nobody likes me? Really? I ran to the kitchen, got a butcher knife, and sliced my wrists. In front? Was it in, right front, in front of them? Right in front of them. Wow. Right, right in front of them. And I was bleeding like a stuffed pig. Just went boom, boom, bang. Gone. So, and you know, the re- weirdest thing in the world is when, right after you do it, when the adrenaline stops and you look down and you're bleeding like a stuffed pig, you realize, holy crap, I'm dying. I went through it. I'm going to die here. You know, and when you were in that moment, were, like, were you thinking, okay, now this is it, I'm done? Yeah, pretty much. I said, and, and the guy had, they, they already called 911. They had a cop there, two cops there, and the guy had a, had a uh, what do you call it, uh, I'm going to say phaser, what do you call it? Taser? This? Taser. He had a taser on me, yeah. and, and that kind of stuff, and I had the butcher knife, you know, I, I sliced myself, and I'm bleeding, and I said, you know, I was going to go in, and go after the cop in my state I was in. I said, I didn't care. I was full of adrenaline, and I wanted to die, and I was going to, I went towards him, and he got me down, laid me down, you know, put cuffs on, and took me out, put me in the ambulance, and because I started passing out because lack of blood and that kind of thing stitched me up and that kind of thing and uh, arrested me, but then released me into the hospital, into the mental hospital I was at. So I ended up spending about almost a month in a mental hospital. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I, when I got in there, once I came to from, from lack, of lack of blood and the stitches I got in my wrists and that kind of thing, uh, they threw me in the, in the mental hospital. I went in and then I, I was just had an attitude. I just it was it was the worst experience of my life. I had a flat bed, one little shitty pillow, and uh, you know, all we had was uh, if we wanted to eat. My cell phone was gone. Didn't have no no TV, no nothing. Um, and uh, what was it? Uh, you know, I wanted out. I said, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm not like these people. And uh, uh, snuck out. About a week, a week and a half into it, less than a week, I uh, snuck out. And a cop got me, and I thought I was, was, I was going to go and go at the cop, and this guy just <laughs> bang, and uh, he knocked me down within like two seconds. And we were actually friends on Facebook. Real nice guy. I was like, oh, <laughs> he has friends I'll, now. I'll, oh yeah, he ripped me into uh, into a hole. That's like, oh my god. I said we got a tag team. That was a good move. And you know, but then after that, and then when you accept where you are, and maybe you realize that you need help and that kind of stuff. I met some of the most incredible people I've met in my entire life that were in this mental hospital. Oh, that must have been a really it, cool experience. It was it was unbelievable. I met people who suffer from PTSD, anxiety, depression, bipolar, schizophrenia. I've never seen that before. Someone who is uh, who suffers from that, where this one lady would 
you know, we were talking, nicest lady in the world, and all of a sudden she started bawling. And then her attitude changed to some, like, uh, angry man kind of thing. Yeah. She had multiple personalities. I've never seen that before. I've never, wow. I never dealt with something like that. It was like, wow. And, and uh, you know, and then you, you, you start talking to people, and you realize that you can help maybe. Maybe I can help some people. Yeah. You know, we just got talking. My, my roommate at the time, like I said, I, got, I ended up with a roommate, never said a word. Never said one word in three weeks. I've seen him at, at dinner and all that kind of stuff. Never said one word. And it was just like, I finally got a word out of him. Then I got two. Then I got, then I got a sentence. Mm. And that was like an accomplishment for me that I realized, you know what? Maybe I could make a difference. Maybe, you know, and, and blah, blah, blah. Down the road, I can make a difference. And that's when, you know, years later, the, you know, the, uh, the, the Facebook group came out. We've made it into a closed one. But, you know, just by telling your story and just by... You know, telling because I got no letters on the ass end of my name. I'm a dumb radio guy from Saskatchewan. I am. I I don't know diddly squat about anything, but I I, t- I tell them about life and I listen. Like I, what I call, and around this time of year, I usually get two or three people that what I call on the cliff. They're on the cliff saying, "I don't want to live no more. I have had enough," and blah 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 blah. And I just say, "Listen, here's my experiences. All right, I don't have a clue, but I'll listen to you. Talk to me. What's bothering you?" And people feel comfortable enough to talk to me i'm 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 I'm, thank god give uh, god gave me this gift that i can that i can listen to people and that i can that i they feel welcome to talk to me like i've talked to so many people in my career you know just by at at a grocery store or on location or whatever they'll come up and they'll tell me their issues their problems and Mm -hmm. and i'll listen why they feel comfort that i'm not going to a spread it around and b uh, you ain't going to judge them i ain't going to judge why judge Mm -hmm. like i say it's sit there and let's talk and here I'm going to give you. I'm just going to give you a reason to live for the next hour. Mm-hmm. Get get to the next hour. What are the reasons? I well, said, so what are the reasons, reasons that you tell somebody you know in that I position? Said, I said, you know, it sucks right now. Life sucks. Yeah, this is going on. This is going on. This is going on. But take it from me. I said, I've I've sucked at killing myself. There's a reason why I'm here. I said, there's a reason why God put you on this earth, and and uh, it's not your time yet. It's not your time. You have more to do. And, and I said, God's a good God. He's not going to screw you. You know, he doesn't make crap. I tell him, I tell everybody that. And I said, God doesn't make crap. The only crap he makes is what we cause ourselves through our ass. I said, that's the only crap we have. All right. And, and I said, I, 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 I call a spade a spade, you know, and give, give, give somebody a reason to live for the next hour. All right. We got through the hour. Okay. Let's get to the next hour. You know what? Okay, good. Let's get through the evening. All right. Let's get through the day. All right, cool. Let's keep on going. And they do. And nine times out of ten, you know, we, we've lost a few, but we've gained a lot. Wow. And we just you just keep going, man. You just got to keep going. Yeah, it sucks. You know what? This COVID thing sucks. Life sucks right now. It does. You know, and it's just sometimes it's going to get a lot worse. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with this thing. Mm-hmm. But we just got to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know you're going to – people are losing their lives, losing their businesses and everything else like that, livelihood and that. But – God, man, we just got to keep going mm-hmm. because you never know. Mm-hmm. You know, things do get better. I, I'm here in Castlegar, for God's sakes, and I love it. I love it here. I never expected six months ago to be here, eight months to be here. Like I'm talking to you right now. This is a good thing. This is a very good thing. Mm-hmm. You, know this, you and I talking right now, this is, um, I'm not, um, I, I don't, I, I don't subscribe to any religion in particular, no. but, you know, I believe that something like this is grace, you know, mm-hmm. this is something that's, 
Like, I didn't know that this is going to happen, but here we are. Amen. We're trying to help people with this. Well, and, and, and that's you know, you thing. mentioned COVID and right now with everything, you know, coming down and we have yeah. to restrict it to change, change the way that we live. Mm-hmm. It, it sucks on one hand, but at mm-hmm. the same time, this is a great opportunity for us to use our power. Yeah, exactly. You Good know, point. Because all of us as humans, we all have the ability to change our focus. Mm-hmm. And whatever you focus on, that's what you're going to feel. Yeah, right? absolutely right. Absolutely right. So, you know, now what, um, what do you want people to know? To have hope and to keep moving forward you know we just get through every hour man just it, 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 it's there's a light man there's a light and uh you know there's there's people on the other side and i, and I i'm a spiritualist i am a big time spiritualist i become yeah. a spiritualist because you know 80 percent of my family if not more are on the other side and i keep in contact you know a certain watch for signs and that kind of stuff that that'll help you you know, dimes and feathers and insects or just smells and that kind of stuff. Not that I'm, you know, promoting that, but I guess maybe I am, but yeah. that's, that's what keeps me going. Yeah. But what I, what I would say is just, you know what, it may suck right now, but it does indeed get better. It doesn't suck forever. It, it, it does indeed get better. Um, yes. Keep going an hour. Talk to somebody. Big thing, you got to talk. I can talk for months. I can talk forever, you know, and that's just who I am. But you have to talk to somebody. Put the ego on the ass end. You know, don't worry what other people are going to think. My mom used to think that. And I said, who gives a rat's ass what people think about you? You know, like seriously, let them talk. Let them talk. I'm from small town. That's all they do. Small town people talk. Mm-hmm. Saskatchewan, they got nothing better to do. And I, once she realized that, oh, let them talk. She was always worried. She lost her leg diabetes. You know, she had diabetes. And she was, always, and she was legally blind. She was the strongest woman I have ever known in my entire life. One of the most beautiful and strongest women of an entire life. She was, she was a, uh, a uh, widow for 20-some years. She was a single parent, or not a single parent, but uh, she was born of a single parent. My grandma never remarried, and she was strong. She odd jobs here and there and raised two kids. Raised two kids. And uh, you know what? She comes to me from time to time. Mm-hmm. And uh, rely on that. Rely on, you know, pray. Uh, I, if you're a religious person, whatever. I, I, I've started praying again. I prayed and I ended up here. God bless. You know, uh, I'm still alive. And just talk to somebody. I, I cannot emphasize that enough. And, uh, and uh, for people that don't suffer, listen. Don't give me advice. Just have the ears wide open and listen to what they say. Best you can do is listen and go, okay. You know, just hang in there. I'm here for you. The best thing anybody that suffers can hear is that I'm here for you. I understand. Don't give me this. Um, well, just get happy. You know, and, and be criticizing. We don't want criticism. We know that we've got an issue. You know, that's like me criticizing you because you have a mole or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't help that. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. can't help that. You, the biggest difference is it's invisible. You can't see what we have. Cancer, you might be able to see it. Diabetes, lakes missing. You can see it. Mm-hmm. What we have, you can't see. Don't judge. Listen. If you're on that side and if you are suffering, talk. Talk to someone you trust and be there because it does get better. That's the bottom line. It does get better. It, you know, I, it may not seem like it. It may not. It hasn't seemed like it for a, for a while. You want to join my group, please do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not alone anymore. Give me a private message. Trevor Stoico, Uncle Gus, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we can talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there is hope. There's mm-hmm. always hope, bro. There is hope. And that's, um, that's what I said to you when, uh, when I came onto your show. Mm-hmm. 
And as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about um, I'm thinking about when uh, earlier in high school when uh, I didn't uh, I didn't have many I didn't have many friends, and I always mm-hmm. thought that like I wasn't cool enough to hang out with people. Oh, and, like, dude, you're cool. I wasn't cool enough to do this and do that. Yeah. And I always just kept making up these excuses in my head. That's the and disease. It, it got to a point where I was like, I I don't want to. I don't want to be like this anymore. I'm better than that. I know yeah. that I am. You know, so and it just it, takes making a, de- a decision. Well, it, sometimes it, that's all it takes, but sometimes you need a little bit more. You do need more. You, you need, need people there. You need people to listen. And you need medication sometimes. I am strongly believe in medication. I've been taking medication now for eight years and haven't missed a day uh, of my medication. Mm-hmm. And you have to. Mm-hmm. And yet you get triggers. It's, it's helped you. It, it has to a point. Yeah. Sometimes it's triggers, you know, like frustrations and that kind of stuff of my job and thinking that, oh my God, I'm going to get fired for no reason. Yeah. You know, because of what happened in the past, you get yeah. that, you get that nervousness and everything else. But yeah, uh, yeah it does help to a point. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of people don't believe in medication. I do. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it, it keeps me, it allows me to sleep. That's a big thing. It's a That's sleep. huge. You don't sleep. If you can't sleep, man, you're in trouble. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden you start, it, it, uh, mental illness feeds on a lack of sleep because your guard's down, uh, everything's down, yeah. everything's dragging, and then all of a sudden those thoughts come, you know, mm-hmm. biling through. And it, I've been in the same boat. Mm-hmm. I get up at four in the morning, so I know where you come from. Yeah. You know, it's tough. You know, yeah. if that's something that helps, that's, that is, that's totally something that somebody should do. It, well, yeah. If, if you feel like, like you say, you, you feel run down, you feel all these different things, uh, my God, go talk to somebody. The biggest thing is you got to talk. You got to let people know. If you know yeah. of someone, if you know of someone that, you know, fits this category, fit, fit these categories, are depressed, they're, you know, the activity's no longer there. Um, uh, you just you start seeing signs. Read the signs of depression. Read the signs of bipolar. Read the signs of uh, of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Anxiety's huge. PTSD. You know, first responders. It's just amazing yeah. what they do, and uh, you know, and a lot of them suffer and that kind of stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. it yeah, just look, watch for the signs, and just be there. And uh, all I can say is, you know, don't criticize, don't evaluate. Just help. Just help and listen, and uh, you know. And do what you can because it does. It does get better, man. It does get better. Gus, thank you hey, so much for cheers. your vulnerability, your honesty, oh, my pleasure, and um, your drive to help people with this. I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, thanks really for having me, bro. Uh, yeah. Like I say, if if, it's, if anybody's struggling or anything else like that, if I can just one more plug, not alone anymore, or just uh, private message me on Facebook at uh, Trevor Stoico, Uncle Gus, and uh, we'll get you. We'll take care of you. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you, Gus. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. You know, I hope you got some value out of that. And, you know, for me, what I really pulled away from that was that that no matter what you're going through, there's always a way, there's always a way through it, even if it might not seem like it in the moment. And we've all had those, um, had those times where it seems like winter will never end or, you know, we're going through something and it just seems like there's no way through it. But, you know, for me, you know, seeing Gus going through all of that stuff and now he's hosting, you know, one of the top ranked radio shows in the area um, and just, you know, doing what he's doing still in spite of those struggles, it, it inspires me. And that's what I pulled away from it is that there's always a way through and that we all have that power because we're all human. And, you know, I would love to hear your thoughts on that and what you pulled away from that. So you can message me on my, uh, on my Instagram at willpower podcast, or you can just reach me at my main one at will Watt, or, uh, you can reach me on my email willpowershow at gmail.com. 
And thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. We'll see you on the next one.